So, you know, we've been teaching on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Last week, uh, we talked about Pentecost. As I was out of town this week, um, this, this, the Lord just has been really talking to me about the subject of how to build your faith. And so I want to talk to you about that this morning. Um, everything the Holy Spirit will lead you into will lead you into walking by faith, living by faith. We receive everything from God through faith. He testifies of the word. The reason why he does that is so that we can walk in the light of God's word throughout our life. And so we want to talk about how to build our faith. You know, if you're around here very long, we talk a lot about faith. And the reason why we do is because it's everything. It's what, it's literally what connects you to all the blessing of God. It, and, but here's the most important thing. It's what pleases him, right? When we walk by faith, and the reason why it pleases him is because we're able to lay hold of all of those things that Jesus paid for with his life that we would have. And so literally, I want to get into this this morning, I'm not probably going to go into any scriptures that you haven't heard before, but I really pray that you hear them new today. So get really hungry, because I believe there's something that the Lord's been talking to me about all week that will really help you. So many times in this society, with technology, with all that's going on, many Christians, many believers that, who are hungry for God will literally think that they're building their faith as they listen to teaching on Christian TV or listen to messages constantly. But I'm telling you, when you're sitting in your living room, when you're driving in your car, and when you're listening to these incredible anointed messages from the Word of God, that is not going to build your faith according to the Bible. The Bible is very clear, and I'm going to give you the answer first, and then we're going to go back and give you a whole bunch of scriptures, uh, so many scriptures that I, I just left my notes at home, um, because I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm sensing a, just a direction for, it's amazing, this two-service thing is so awesome, but a lot of times the Lord goes in different directions in the two services. Um, God tailor makes everything for you. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. He's the teacher. But how you build your faith according to the word of God is you don't listen to it. You hear the word of God. And we're going to look at scripture about that. Bible hearing is where you give the word of God your undivided attention, right? With the purpose because of your honor and respect for the word, you're, 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 you give it your undivided attention with the attitude that I am going to act on it. If you don't have that attitude, you're not hearing the word. You're just listening to it, which according to James, opens you up to be self-deceived. And you see this in the church today. There's so many people that think that they're growing spiritually and that they're walking by faith, 
but they're never laying, laying hold of anything. They're never overcoming anything. It's because they're not even in faith. And you could say, but pastor, man, I could quote every healing scripture. I could quote, I, and, I, and I know that God provided this for me. Okay, I know it. But in order for you to lay hold of it, you have to lay hold of it through faith. And faith only comes as a result of you hearing the word of God. It's when you allow God's word to speak to your heart. Faith is there. And you'll know because, because see, how do I build my faith? You build your faith with your mouth, not with your ears. So many are trying to build their faith. If I just know more. No, I would say the majority of us know more, way more than we need to, but we're not speaking. So here's the answer, and then I'm going to go back in and fill in the blanks. So I come to the word of God. God is first place in my life. I, I live a life where I glorify him as God. You're God, I'm not. I'm your child. Now, I'm not this old wretch, right? I'm not this old wretch, this sinner that was saved by grace. No, no, no. I was the old wretch and I was the sinner, but that guy died. And now I'm a new man in Christ. I've been born again by the incorruptible word of God. God is first place in my life. So now... In, in, in honor, I glorify him as God. I live a life of thanksgiving. I put his word first place. I give his word my undivided attention. I don't give other things my attention. So I have to take crazy thoughts that the enemy throws in my mind. I got to take them captive because I'm not going to be moved by the outward. I'm going to be moved by the inward. I'm going to be moved by the spirit of God. He leads me into all the truth. And, and he's life, right? So now I ever keep his word before my eyes and I keep his word in the midst of my heart. But once I'm there, the Bible says that God's word, which is full of life and, and power, it's life to me when I find it. And it's health to all of my flesh when I find it. So how do I find it? So I hear the word of God. Have you ever been reading the Bible and all of a sudden it just goes off on the inside of you, a scripture? That's the Holy Spirit going, hey, I, I want to lead you with this scripture. So this is what you do. You start meditating in that. In order for that light to go off, in order for the word to speak to your heart so that's when faith comes, you have to meditate in the word. So what I do is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say I'm in a battle and it doesn't look good. So I'm like, okay, my father always causes me to triumph in Christ. Let's say I have sickness or disease in my body Father, I thank you that Christ has redeemed me from the curse 
of sickness and disease and pain. According to Matthew 8, 17, Jesus himself bore my sickness. He carried my pain so I don't have to, right? So what I do is I start meditating in that. I, what, what the word meditate means to mutter. So I say the word over and over and over to myself. Father, I thank you that you always cause me to triumph. I thank you that I already have the victory in this situation. Oh, Father, I just thank you for that. And as I'm, as I'm, as I'm speaking his word, right? What does the Bible tell me to do? Hold fast to the confession of my faith. Hold fast to saying what he says. As I do that, at some point in time, maybe not right away, I've had, I know the scripture, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I meditated on that verse for, all, for over 12 months. And then one day, I was minding my own business and it was like, and, and in a moment of time, faith was there. The light came on. What happened is the Holy Spirit, he finally was able to open that word in my heart and the entrance of his word, it brought light to me. It was a lamp to my feet. It was a light to my path. It illuminated my spirit man because he guides me by my spirit. He leads me by my spirit. And all of a sudden, I saw it. And when I saw it, faith came. Because now his word, faith comes as a result of me allowing his word to speak to my heart. There's so many Christians that they got in faith when they got saved and they've had very few very few times when they've been in faith in their life because God is a peripheral issue. We're Americans, right? I kind of live my own life and I put God in one of my, no, it doesn't work like that. We are created by God to be united with him in every way, to intimately walk with him. Faith comes as a result of you hearing his word. And you'll always know when faith's there, because you'll be speaking his word. If you want to know where you are this morning and see in God, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no condemnation. All of that was put on Jesus. So if you're not in the right place, you'll know what you'll know, you'll know today. Right now, you'll know. What are you talking about? Are you talking about what's happening to you? Are you always talking about what people have done to you, how they've hurt you? your situation, how this isn't fair. If that's, what, if that's what you're talking about, you're not in faith. Because faith speaks the word. It's it, it just because the word's speaking to you. Like right now, right now, I'm, I'm talking. I had no idea I was going to do this, but, but I had no idea what the first scripture I was supposed to go to is. So you could turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. That's the first one. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. But you'll be able to tell by what you're talking about. If you're in faith, you'll be talking about what's happening in you. You'll be speaking the word of God. What are you believing God for today? If you're believing God for healing, I know a big scripture with me, man, I'll, Romans 8, 11 just goes off in me. I don't know if that'll be your scripture, but for me, when I'm believing God for something, and, and man, I'm hurting. 
whatever it is, I'll be sitting there and a minute of pain hits me. It's like I'm a sponge and it gets pressed and the word comes out. Oh, Father, I thank you that the mighty Holy Spirit, this is Romans 8, 11, with the same power that he raised Christ from the dead with, he's on the inside of me right now, quickening my mortal body, healing it, restoring it to health, making it whole. Oh, Father, I thank you that Jesus himself bore my sickness, carried my pain. And I declare, Father, in your presence, which I am always in, that I'm healed. And I thank you for it. I thank you that your healing power is working and affecting a cure in me from the tip of my head to the soles of my feet. Man, I've had that where I've said that and you're just like, yeah, and then a pain will hit your body that's about three times what it was before. And you get pressed more. But guess what you do if you have a sponge that is completely saturated and you press it more, more word comes out. Pretty soon, the enemy who's testing me to see if the word is dwelling in me richly in all wisdom, he finds out. Oh, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. I am not moved. Pain, you got to leave my body. Whatever's causing it, you got to leave my body. You're defeated. I reject you. Jesus is my healer. And you know, the word, the word, the word. This is how I walk by faith. You know how it says in the Old Testament that life and death, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, Life and death is in the power of your tongue. That word power literally means power, but guess what it also means? Direction. Your tongue is your steering wheel. It will steer you out of danger into life. It will steer you off your path into darkness. Right? So if that's true, then I can't ever let God's word depart from my mouth. Because it, it's, it's my steering wheel. There's life and death in the power of my tongue. New Testament believer, it, it talks about how that you will have what you say. So let's talk about this. Have you found Ephesians chapter 2 yet? Yes, Ephesians chapter 2, let me find it. Hallelujah. Boy, you guys are an easy group to preach to. Man, it's like I have this suction you guys are just sucking, sucking the word out of me. This is awesome. Ephesians 2, that's kind of a gross picture, isn't it? But anyway, that's all right. We'll be okay. So if I say sucker, that's a good thing, right? Okay. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. You're saved by grace, God doing for you what you could never do for yourself. Jesus died in your place. You're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourself, it's the gift of God. You're saved by grace. The first working of grace in a believer's life is salvation. It's the Greek word sozo. It talks about being healed, delivered, 
talks about being prospered, being whole, being redeemed from all the effects of the curse of the law. It's all included in that word. You were saved by grace. Now go back to Galatians chapter 2. Go Just go to the book right before Ephesians. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Hallelujah. Paul makes this statement. This is a statement of faith. But Paul says this, I am crucified with Christ. In the Greek language, it would literally read, I have been and am crucified with Christ. But then he goes on and says, nevertheless, I live. But then he says this, yet not I, but it's Christ that is living in me. Well, who's Christ? It's the Word. He's the Word. So the Word is living in Paul. Who's the Word? It's Christ, the anointed one in his anointing. Yet not I, but Christ that lives is living in me. And then he says this, and the life that I now live in the flesh, look at what it says, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So not only am I saved through faith, I live by the faith of Jesus Christ, the one who loved me and the one who gave himself for me. Do you know he gave himself for you? Isn't that amazing? So not only am I saved through faith, I live by his faith. Isn't that good news? So now go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at verse 38. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 38. So it says here, now the just, the, the word just here means those that have been declared righteous by God, the justified ones. Jesus was made to be sin so that you would be made the very righteousness of God in him. He's talking about you. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul hath, shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or unto destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Isn't that good news? We live by faith. I know this sounds so elementary, but we've got a lot of people in our circles that will, they have a lot of cassette series on faith, CD series, their smartphones are full of it. They've got, you know, Roku on everything. And they, they have all the access to all this stuff. But their mouth is shut. And they're just listening. And what happens is they become 2 Timothy 3.7 Christians. Ever learning, but never coming to the full discernment of the truth. But that's not going to be us, Right? And we're going to help our fellow brothers and sisters. Because I'm telling you, when you get around people and you're speaking faith, 
and you're speaking the word, it will prompt them to do it because it's in every believer. This, this, the just shall live by faith, that's in the commanded text. Isn't that awesome? We are commanded to live by faith. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Hallelujah. Not only were we saved by faith and we live by faith, but now let's break it down even a little more. We walk. Verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, I walk by what I believe from God's word, not what I see. So I'm not moved by outward circumstances. I, as a child of God, take his word that is in my heart and I speak it out of my mouth and I move my circumstances. Well, I say I, actually it's Christ that lives in me. He watches over his word to perform it. Well, how does he see his word? Because it's coming out of my mouth. Do you see that? So if you want to sit and just feel sorry for yourself and wallow in all this stuff, my heart goes out to you. We've all been there. We've all done that. But there's no power to change in that. And, and hear me. Because I'm telling you, I could, I could just, I could feel the Spirit of God wanting to help you today. We've got to speak the word. And here's the thing. When the word of God gets in abundance in your heart, it will come out of your mouth. If it's not coming out of your mouth, it means it's not in abundance in your heart, and you're just speaking out of an unrenewed mind that's being ignited by your flesh. So we got to get the word in abundance in our heart. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Let's look at another scripture. Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 16. This is a huge one. Ephesians 6, 16. What a great work, this letter of, to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 16. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench. This means to extinguish or stamp out all of the fiery darts of the enemy. Wow. Isn't that amazing, right? These thoughts that the enemy throws... These things that the enemy is trying to do to steal and kill and destroy. See, he comes to steal God's word out of your mouth so that he can kill and destroy things in your life. But if you never stop speaking his word, if you refuse to be moved by outward things, he can't steal, kill, and destroy. He can't do it. And the Bible says, the shield of faith, as I walk by the faith of God, it quenches every, every fiery dart of the enemy. Wow. This is why it says this. Go to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Just keep going right. Hallelujah. 
You guys probably think you're in children's church doing sword drills today, right? 1 John 5, 4. What a powerful statement. In the King James, it says, for whatsoever is born of God. But the word whatsoever is the Greek word pas, P-A-S. It means whosoever. You're not a whatsoever, you're a whosoever. Whosoever is born of God overcomes, this is continuous present tense in the Greek, overcomes the world. That's the word cosmos. It stands for the world system that Satan is over. And this, whoever is born of God, overcomes the world system. And this is the victory that overcomes the world system, even our faith. Wow. Our faith. Why is that? Because faith is the victory. When I'm fully persuaded and I lay hold of of what God's given me, when I invite him into my situation and I lay hold of all that he's given me, it gives me victory in my life. This is the walk of faith. This is the life of faith. Woe to those that make fun of faith right? Oh, Father, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, because without faith, well, let's just go there. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11. I want you, for some reason, the Lord is just, he really wants you to set your eyes on these things. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful to the Lord Because I've seen that his word is life. And his word is in me. I'm I'm getting to know it every moment of every day because it's working in me and it's manifesting out of me. When I minister the word of God, when I talk about the word, when I go throughout my day, it's all the same. It's manifesting on the outside of me. It's working in me. It's manifesting out of me. I know his word. Right? I just don't quote a scripture. I know him. And that's what he wants for you. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Wow. See, when you walk by faith, you will come to God because you believe not only that he is, but you believe he's a rewarder. That means when I, whenever I pray, I have his ear. Whenever I'm reaching up, he's reaching down. Whenever I'm drawing near to him with a heart of full assurance of faith, he's drawing near to me. He's with me. He's in me. He goes before me. He's beside me, right? He's, I I can't, nothing can separate me from his love and his words, which are life. His words, which created everything that we see is working in me. And when I hear his word on the inside of me, faith is there. Faith is not some woo-woo thing. It's something very specific that will bring very specific results. 
I'm fully persuaded that what is faith? I am fully persuaded that what he has said is truth and he will bring it all to pass and there's nothing that can stop it. So this is why you could be in the middle of a horrible battle and you could be at total peace, total joy because you already know the end result. Oh, what a life for people. There's Christians that are so afraid to honor God in their finances because they're thinking how I, I, how I just won't have enough. Or, or, or most Christians, they don't honor God in their finances because they just have to have this certain car and, and they can't make that payment and honor God in their finances. What is so sad about that is its relationship. You just don't know him. It's so sad when believers will sit here and, and say things like, well, you know, God just allowed this sickness and disease in my life because he's got a higher plan for me. That just has to sicken God because that's not anywhere in the word of God. Well, you know, sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no. Really? Where? Because my Bible says all the promises of God are in Christ, yes, and in Christ so be it unto me. The Bible says if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me, and if I know he even hears me, I know I already have what I've asked him for. So there is no reason for me to be moved by something outward because I've got all this that's real. Oh, I, fact, th this is a fact right here. Guess what? This fact, this wooden thing that, that does this that kind of bothers me. That, you know, just kind of messes with my personality a little bit, but hey, it helps me. But this was created by something that you can't see. His word. This building, everything you see. And his word never loses power. So when he spoke things thousands of years ago, it is just as powerful now, and I could lay hold of it right now. So this is why I'm a world overcomer. Not because of me, because of him. It's all about him. So let's read this again. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Don't let the fact that some of these scriptures that I'm saying to you, don't let the fact, oh yeah, I know that. Actually, to be honest with you, if you're saying, oh, I know that, then, then actually you're the one I'm talking to. Because this is what happens. See, knowing scripture, it simply to me means it's working in me and manifesting out of me. But it's not like, okay, yep, got that, I could check that off, I know that. Because with God, guess what? I will have a million times deeper revelation, you know, 50,000 years from now. Because it, it's limitless, because he's limitless. Now let's go to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Hallelujah. So it says at the end of this verse, Romans chapter 14, verse 23, it says, for whatsoever 
is not of faith is... For whatsoever is not of faith is... Yeah, sin. Ouch. Ouch. So that means if I am speaking something that's not God's word, ouch. Because what is sin? Sin is missing the mark. What's the mark? Life, God. In other words, sin will produce death. God doesn't want death anywhere close to you. So this is why we have to walk by faith, right? Let's jump back to Hebrews. We're not done in Hebrews 6. Let's jump back to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hallelujah. If you can't say amen, say oh me, right? But no, this is life-giving. Hallelujah. Look at what it says here. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. It says that you be not slothful. Have you ever seen the, word, the, the uh, movie Zootopia? The D, all the parents are like, yeah. The, the DMV workers, they were sloths, right? They're, they move really slow. They're lazy. This word in the Greek, slothful, means lazy. It says, don't be lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We, we inherit all the promises of God through faith and patience. Patience is this spiritual force. It's one of the fruit of your spirit. What it will do, it's literally that word patience literally means endurance. Patience, when you're pressed, patience will come out of your spirit and will undergird your mind so that you can keep your eyes on Jesus so that the word will keep working in you and coming out of you until the word, not you, turns the situation into what the word says. You inherit the promises. The, it'll keep, it'll, it'll literally, in the midst of pain, in the midst of the pressure of finances, in the midst of family things, loved ones, whatever you're going through, it'll keep your eyes fixed on Jesus so that his word will continue to work. The more you're pressed, the more patience will get stronger. It's, it's stronger than anything. And through faith and patience, it will literally keep your mind on the word so that the word's coming out of your heart. You're hearing it. It's speaking to your heart. It's speaking to your heart, and then you're speaking it out of your mouth until the word literally turns the situation. What that means is the tumor's gone, the pain's gone, the money's there, the, the, the marriage is restored, the family's restored. And how, what is the limit to this? Well, the Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. Church, we're waking up. We're reviving. You sitting here today are not going to be. You are a mighty man and woman of God. You're a world overcomer today. Do not buy the lie of anything on the outside. Your past failures, where you're at in life, where you are, there's a script, there's a principle. From Genesis to maps in the Bible, you cannot tell where, where a person will end up by where they are. I love that. It's not how you started the race. It's not how you're even running it today. It's how you're going to finish your race, and we're going to finish strong, and we're going to all finish together. Oh, hallelujah.
the world, the Bible says, the whole of creation of God is, is literally groaning, waiting for the children of God to manifest in the earth so that the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. So powerful. Hallelujah. So let's do this. Let's go to Hebrews. We're already in Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So this is one definition of faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So now we're going to start talking a little bit about this faith. It's the evidence of things not seen. You could say it this way, now faith gives substance to the thing that you're hoping for. Now Bible hope, that Greek word means a confident, joyous expectation. So you could read it this way, my faith, which comes from the word of God, from, from when the word of God speaks to my heart, from hearing God's word, will give substance to the thing that I'm expecting. God said he would meet all my needs. I'm expecting it. I have a joyous, confident expectation that the money's on its way. My faith will give substance to the thing I'm expecting. It'll give me evidence or proof that I have what I cannot see or perceive with my senses. That's what faith is. It literally is, there's no such thing as blind faith. Faith sees things as they really are, not as they seem. If you want to know if you're healed today, don't look at an MRI. you got to go deeper than an MRI. That's the seen realm. you got to look at Isaiah 53 to see if you're healed. You've got to look at Galatians 3.13. You've got to look at Psalm 107.20. You've got to look at Psalm 103, Right? who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. you got to look at Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, and a million other scriptures if you want to know if you're healed. This is how we live, guys. This is huge. Faith gives substance to the thing that I'm hoping for. The Amplified Version says it's my title deed that I have what I cannot see. You can't ask God for something that he hasn't already provided for you. Isn't that a good news? I mean, for us as a church, we're raising $250,000 because we need a new HVAC system. So we're believing God that this one will work until all that money comes in. Right? But guess what? We're not asking God for something that he hasn't already provided for us. So we just call for it. We believe we receive it. Right now, the angels are going in the earth. God wants to increase you. He never wants you to give what you don't have. Right? That's why our, how we raise money here is we, we tell all you guys, hey, this is your church family. Go to the Lord. See what he'll have you give. Don't freak out when he tells you the number because you probably won't have any of it. It's okay. Then you just claim it. Okay, Father, you want me to give 10 grand? Great. I have exactly none, so, but that's okay. I, I just have none in my bank account at this time. But if you're telling me to give 10 grand, then actually before I was ever born, you've already provided the 10 grand. And so now just, I thank you for it. I claim it in Jesus' name. 
Satan, you loser, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. I command you to take your hands off the 10 grand. Father, I thank you. I ask that you'd send the angels into this earth system to bring that money to me. After that, there's nothing left for me to do as I walk throughout my day. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for $10,000 to sow into, the, uh, into this HVAC system. Pastors get stressed out about programs and raising money. You know, guys, I've already got a list of pro things we need to do. So if you want a church where we're never going to have any kind of program to raise money for something, this is probably not your church. If you want, if you want a church that will never ask you for money, this is your church. I'm telling you, you have already, God's provided all the money for you for your whole life. You just can't see it. But he, he's prepared a table before you. And what, what we're talking about is faith is how you reach into the unseen realm and grab hold of it and bring it into this realm. Faith does that. At one point in scripture, it talks about how faith is your servant. So we need to talk more about this. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence that I have what I can't see. Isn't that good news? So we're in Hebrews. Let's go to James chapter 1. You guys doing okay? James chapter 1 verse 5. Hallelujah. Didn't Pastor Mark do a great job Wednesday night? I love, I love watching him minister you know, and I was telling Pastor Mark this before the service about you can see when somebody ministers out of their heart. And that, and that this is the second time he's ministered on a Wednesday night. And, and it, was, it was greater last Wednesday than it was before. And before was great. You know, and uh, so it's, it's I love, I love watching that. That's, that's overflow. That's because the word works in him. And it's manifesting out of him. So we're blessed. Why did I say that? I don't know. It just came out of my spirit. I thought I'd say that. Hallelujah. Look at what it says in James here. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And then it says something. It says a couple things about God who gives to all men liberally. So that means when you ask God, if you need 10, it's impossible for him to give you 10 it'll be more than 10, right? He, because he, he gives to all men more than you need. Why? Because you're a child of his. So your whole life is giving. So, so he'll give you like what Jesus did, right? Here it is. Hey, master, we need to pay our taxes. Okay, um, go down to the Sea of Galilee and the first fish. Peter, don't go doing all this stuff. You're a businessman. I don't want you spending all day pulling money out of fish's mouth. The first one. Then come back here, we got things to do, right? The first one, pull the, pull the money out of that fish's mouth and go pay, this is God, always putting others first, go pay your taxes and then pay mine too. Don't, don't pull the money out of the fish, go pay my taxes and yours. No, we're Christians. No, you go pay someone else's and then, then, then take care of me. I always, I always prefer other people. That's the way God is, always, right? So let's look at this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who does what? He gives to all men liberally, and he, what else does God always do? He upbraids not. That means God never gets down on you for the mess you've created. 
He doesn't get mad at you and get, oh, I can't believe you did that. You know, that's the last straw. You've never heard God say that. He'll say things like this, my mercy is so much greater than your disobedience. I don't care where you've been. I don't even care where you are. Will you come now with me? I've got life for you. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward to the mark of the high call of Christ. Why? Because all of your sin was already condemned in the body of Jesus. So, so he, he upbraids not. I love that. It says here, but, and, and it will be given him, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Diacrino is the Greek word for waver. It means to differ with or contend with. Nothing wavering. You've got to ask in faith. Faith never wavers. If you're wavering, it's because you're looking at the circumstance and not looking at Jesus. If you look at Jesus, faith does not waver. When you hear God's word, you have it. It's done. You don't waver there. Nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed driven with the wind and tossed, for let not that man, the man without faith, think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Notice it doesn't say God's not giving. He just can't lay hold of it. He can't receive it. God's already given it. Do you see that? Get excited about that. Everything that you'll ever need in life, everything you need right now is already yours. You own it and you lay hold and take possession of it through faith. This very specific thing that we're talking about. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So now let's go to Romans chapter 10 in verse 17. And I've said all that to get here. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Hallelujah. It says this, you know this scripture, so then faith cometh. Now if you look at the King James Version, this is a word-for-word -word translation. When you see a word in, the, in italics, it means it was added by the translators to, made, to make more sense in English. It, it, it helps you understand. And this word cometh is a good word, but it's not in the original. In the original, it, said, it would read, so then faith by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So it says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Literally, in the Greek, it would, it would read one of two ways, so then faith by hearing, and hearing by by the word of God. Now we know there's no punctuation in the Greek language, so it could read this way, and I think it actually fits better. So then faith come, or so then faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing and hearing. So we have to look at this word, faith. It's the Greek word akoi, or hearing is the Greek word akoi. In James, it says this, that, that, don't, that if you're just a hearer of the word only and not a doer, you'll deceive yourself. 
But here it says faith comes by hearing, so it seems like a contradiction. It's really not when you, die, when you dig into it because the word hearing in Romans 10, 17 is a koei. The word in James that the hearer is deceived is a different Greek word. It literally means to listen to with no intent to practice. And that's where a lot of people are. The reason why a lot of people, now right now during this, during this pandemic or whatever you want to call it, people are staying home. I mean, we, we have people in our church that, that are like, they're like pit bulls chomping at the bit that, that would just, they can't wait to get here. But because of medical things that they've went through, their, their doctors tell them, okay, you know what? We, we need you to wait a couple more weeks or we need you to wait a week or whatever. And they're like, okay. But I mean, the minute they, they're just gonna be here. And we understand that. But there's a lot of people that think an online experience is all they need. And the reason why they think that, and if you're online right now and you get upset at me, I will not read your email, but I do love you. So, but many of them, many of them, it's convenient. You know, we had this pandemic and gosh, it's just so convenient for me. I could sit in my living room, but you know what? You're not, you're not learning anything. You're not hearing anything. You're over here making eggs and getting up and running around. And, and, but, but my pastor, Kenneth Copeland, is such a wonderful pastor. And my pastor, Keith Moore, is so wonderful because I could sit in my living room and, man, he'll say some kind of hard things, but I could handle that because I'm 1,400 miles away and I'm not around any other believers, so I can just, all that stuff, I could just pack it down and just walk in denial and think that I'm a spiritual giant. And actually, I'm, a lot of times, the, but, but Tony, I'm mad at you for saying this because the reason why I'm home is I've been hurt in church. And as I'm looking around here, I bet there's not one person that hasn't been hurt in church. You know why? Church are filled with people. Just like you, just like me, right? So that has, but, but it's like, but you know, I've, I'm so spiritual. I live in Omaha and there's just no, there's no church that's as spiritual as I am. So I'm forced to just be at home. Okay, time out, your diaper's full. Can you go change that? Let's get you a pacifier, right? I know that sounds so hard, and I don't even know why the Lord is having me say that. But Christians are dying because they are opposing and differing this. I'd like to tell you you're going to grow spiritually without being planted in a local church. I'd like to tell you that you're going to grow spiritually without gathering together in one place, but it won't happen. It just won't. I've never met one person. I've met, I've met a lot that their life was here, and it's been eroding. But sometimes they don't see it. And i got to tell you, the Lord stirs me, and I pray that as, as Christians will wake up, they'll run back to church. That they'll, they'll, they'll run back to God. Because see, you know, I remember one time I was talking, uh, talking to Keith Moore, one of the only times I really ever talked with him. 
He was one of my teachers at Rama. But I asked him, I said, you know, so you're pastoring a couple churches, which I can't even comprehend. I have my hands full of one, right? I mean, I, you know, it's amazing, ministry on a whole other level. Um, and I said, you know, why do people leave your church? And he looked at me and just shook his head, and he goes, you know, he goes, Tony, it's sad, but the main reason is they just don't really want God. You know, I, I know as I'm walking with the Lord, the reason why I want him, the reason why I'm so hungry for him is because I constantly feed on him. The Bible says, taste and you will see that he's good. All these believers that are out there, and they've been out, and I'm not saying during this pandemic, I'm saying for years. They're, they're, they're just not, they think they're feeding, but they're not. They're hearing. They're not feeding. They're sitting there, and they're holding this big steak up to their ear and going, wow. That is so good. And then they put it down. And then they hold this piece. Oh, it's so... But no, 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 no. You have to meditate, which means you cut the steak and you put it in your mouth and you chew it. Father, I thank you that you're good all the time. Can I talk to you guys? Can I be real with you this morning? Don't you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? So this is what we do with people like that. We don't... We don't get down on them. We live our life before them. We speak the word around them, and what it will do is it will ignite who they are in Christ. And without saying anything, they'll start waking up. Have you ever noticed as a parent, when your kids do something wrong, a lot of times that's not really the time to really sit them down and explain everything you want them to do. You know, you, 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 you provide discipline and correction and bring them to a point of repentance, but then when it's, things are good, that's when you really kind of, you know, sow some seeds in there because they're able to receive it. We're Christians. We never force anything on anybody, right? So this is huge. This is huge. So then faith comes by hearing. By hearing. It literally means that I am allowing God's word to speak to my heart. And when that happens, you hear the voice of God on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, when you hear it, faith is there. And when you keep hearing it and keep hearing it, because you keep speaking it and keep speaking it, it will build in you and build in you and you'll become stronger. It'll get bigger. It'll get wider. It'll get deeper. He, his word will just grow to where it's just working in you so mightily and manifesting out of you so mightily that many times you walk around and people don't even understand. But when you walk in a room, the environment changes. But the anointing that is on the word of God it lifts burdens and it destroys yokes. So Jesus is the living word and he is in you and you're in him. We are to be living words of his 
in this world. That's what it means to be light in this world. Isn't that good news? God loves you today. Hallelujah. God gives you his word so that you can go out and manifest his word to others and so that people can look at your life and see the manifestation of the word of God in your life. This is how I walk in the love of God because the love of God, which comes from his word, it's speaking to me all the time. I I go to my father every day of my life and father, I just declare this morning, I, I get up, I declare this morning that I harbor no unforgiveness in my heart towards anyone. I forgive everyone who's ever wronged me. Right? Today, Father, I'm making a decision to yield my members, to submit my spirit man, to walk and yield to the love of God in my heart. I'm, I'm submitting my flesh and yielding my spirit to walk by the faith of yours, by your faith. I I am making a decision today that I will be continually strengthened inwardly in you. That my strength is not mine, it's yours. And I walk in your strength today. I make a decision that I walk in the peace that passes all understanding. I thank you that it's mounting guard over my heart and over my mind by Christ Jesus. And I love your word and I walk in great peace. Can you just feel that? The word is, see what's happening, it's just kind of washing over us right now. And Father, I trust you. All of my trust is in you. I look to nothing else I look to no one else. You are my everything. Today, Lord Jesus, as I walk in this world, I fix my eyes on you. You're the author, the initiator of my faith. You're the developer of my faith. And I will not grow weary and faint in my mind because I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. I judge no man except myself. I don't don't try to push my own personal beliefs off on anyone else. I don't try to push anybody to you. I lead them to you by being Jesus to my world. I live my life sensitive to the leading and ministry of the mighty Holy Spirit. And he's strengthening me right now. He's taking hold together with me right now against everything that I will face. The greater one is in me. Therefore, nothing can stop me. If a mountain gets in my way, I'll speak to it and he'll remove it. Right? What things soever I desire when I pray, because I know that you never lie, And your word is true. I'll believe that I receive it and then I'll have it. Oh, Father, I live a life today of thanksgiving. I'm walking and being led by your spirit. That's a Christian. I'm not in this world for myself. I am on assignment. I'm, oh yes, I'm in the natural, a citizen of the United States. 
and I'll obey its laws and I'll submit to its leadership as long as it does not conflict with this. If it ever does, I have to go this because in the natural, I'm a citizen of the, of the United States of America. But in the spirit, and I am a spirit, I'm a citizen of heaven. And I'm an ambassador for God. So I live according to his laws and his word. And I'm so thankful that because in my past I violated his laws, that he sent Jesus. And Jesus paid for every one of my sins. And I stand before you today, as you stand before me, the righteousness of Almighty God, because you were made that, because Jesus took your place and was made sin with your sin. Isn't that good news? God is good all the time. And I'm telling you, saint, and, I'm, and I know I'm preaching to the crowd right now, you are in the right place at the right time. You are living in the time of history, in the geographical area that God has placed you. So yield all of your fruit in your season. Don't be moved by outward things. See, the Bible says, and I'll close with this, in Psalm 1-3, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And in his word, he meditates day and night, and he'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. What does that mean? Because it causes me, it literally causes my leaf to never wither, right? It causes me to yield all of my fruit in my season on the earth, and it causes me to have everything that I put my hand to to be brought to maturity. Well, what does it mean, rivers of living water? I'm like a tree. See, all the rivers, there's a lot of rivers here. So like if I'm, if I'm believing God for healing, I'm like a tree. I meditate in his word day and night. I'm like a tree planted by rivers of water in this arena. I've got a river of Galatians 3, 13 and 14 that I've been redeemed by, from the curse of sickness and disease. I've got a river of Psalm 107, 20. He sent his word and healed me. I've got a river of Matthew 8, 17. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. I've got a river of 2 Peter 2, 24 right around me. By his stripes, I'm healed. I've got a river of Isaiah 53, 4 through 6, right? Surely he has borne my sickness and carried my pain. With his stripes, I'm healed. I've got a river of Psalm 103, those first six verses, all these benefits. Verse, what is it? Verse, I believe verse 3, who forgives all of my iniquities, who heals all of my diseases. See, these rivers are feeding me from the inside and the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in any weakness naturally. So I'm strong in the Lord because I'm planted by rivers. What rivers do you need? Finances, rivers of peace, rivers of, of rest, rivers of literally emotional just soundness of mind. There's rivers everywhere. It's all right in the Word. Amen.